one and all to another very special episode of Crook and Candle. This is episode 15. And today, like I said, it's a special episode. Uh, before we get into that, just quick little plug, of course. Uh, all the links to everything, our social medias, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. You can follow us down below in the description of our videos. And uh, if you ever want to contact us, you can do that. It's all, all down below. Um, but anyways, let's get into the meat and potatoes because, uh, you know, I don't want to hold anything up. Um, normally, I would actually ask how our weeks are doing, but I think the most, the best thing to ask would be, how was your weekend? Because last week, uh, you weren't here. I had to do this podcast by myself for an episode. Yeah. So um, so what did you do? We, you went, went to uh, Oakland, right? Yeah, I went to Oakland, which even though I'm in Seattle, I call Oakland my my second hometown mm -hmm. basically i you know grew up a lot there uh but yeah i went down on the weekend uh got on a plane flew down to oakland it was really to see my friend dino mm -hmm. who i grew up with dino samisi mm -hmm. uh you know front man extraordinaire <laughs> <laughs> uh in the band uh, dystopia and asunder i know he's he played in um geez He's played in a couple different. Nuth Grush, he mm -hmm. was front man. He played drums for, uh, not Exhumed. God, I, I'm having a brain fart. Anyways, uh, <laughs> yeah, I went down. I got a chance to tattoo him mm -hmm. uh, for his birthday. I did a big piece on his right leg. Mm -hmm. It really hurt, which made me happy. <laughs> to get him back for the times he was a dick to me. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, I had a really good time and actually got to film him. Yeah, yeah, you um, did. I was gonna do it on 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 Saturday the twelfth, February twelfth is his birthday. He's fifty one, um, and I'll be fifty one in just a couple months too. He's yeah. like a couple months older than me. But uh, yeah, actually, first time I got a chance to go down and bring my uh, trusty GH5S, and it's kind of rigged out for kind of uh, documentary work. So it was mm -hmm. the first time getting to do that, which was fun. And uh, on that Saturday, I was going to record him while I, he was getting tattooed, but <clears throat> his phone was ringing off the hook. Yeah, people want to talk to him. So many people wanted to call him, tell him, you know, how important he was to them, <laughs> you know, and uh, giving him birthday, you know, wishes and all that. And so we couldn't film it it was just too much right so sunday evening uh i actually got to go over there and uh film him and uh really interesting uh talking to him um we talked a little bit about dystopia and his uh how he got into music mm -hmm. and how he got into you know playing and you know, being in bands and stuff and how it was important to him. Mm -hmm. And actually, I got to find out some stuff that I didn't even know about. Because, I mean, I I kind of knew, like, Dystopia is made up of Dino, Mouse, and Todd. Yeah. And I, I kind of almost got the cliff notes over the years of that band getting together. Um, you know, I knew that Mouse was in this band Mind Rot, and Todd was in a band called Confrontation. And... Uh, yeah, it was interesting because I he told me kind of a story about Mouse and how he was so inspired by Mouse and his grind and, and the ideas that he had and how he came up with uh, Life is Abuse and then Dystopia. And uh, 
It was really interesting. And I mean, mm -hmm. for you guys out there, um, I'll, I'll give you a little intro into how I met him and, and uh, who he is to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's actually a very good question because um, and I think that'd be a good thing to start with just because it's kind of funny. Last night I was uh, uh, going through editing the, um, the interview and uh, I decided to kind of go on YouTube to kind of like look through through like dystopia videos and see what's available and i would just uh you know play songs and just go to the comments and you just see all these comments where people are like dude this was this this band changed my life forever well you know just like people really having this reverence for the band in fact i actually have an anecdote where um it's funny because uh because i actually got to meet you dino to to as shows. a kid yeah and went to his shows because you because you took me i think i mentioned it on the podcast before where actually i want to say it was the episode before the last one where i mentioned the story hold on hey yeah it's okay i know probably the mailman, mailman. Yeah. yeah so the the dog is uh Bishop. protecting protecting the castle yeah. Just making sure everything's okay. It's all right, bud. Come here. Come here. <laughs> but yeah, I mentioned the story how um, you would take me to death metal shows, and one of the shows you would take me to was uh, Dystopia with uh, me and my brother. Well, they weren't death metal. Well, it was, it was punk shows. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. For, <laughs> grindcore gr shows. Grindcore. Yeah. yeah, I want to say someone called fucking Dystopia a sludgecore band or something. Oh, shit. God. I don't know. I've heard, I, them, I, I've heard them called emo. <laughs> emo. Because, because, you know, the content, uh, you know, they were... They were young people that were very aware of what was going on around them. Mm -hmm. um, very aware of, uh, you know, uh, di the dysfunctionality of, of some of our families, uh, politics, you know, mm -hmm. um, it was the Reagan years, Reaganomics, the, the, you know, yeah. going after money. And they, they, they looked around and saw a lot of the things that happened in the world that if you pay attention to it, it yeah. it's kind of crushes your soul. It's so sure. sad, so sad sure. and painful. And uh, they they used that mm -hmm. uh, as lyrical content. And so, you know, Dino actually mentions that you know they kind of became a voice for the scene. A lot of the people that were into that kind of a music, uh, they were similar. They they were like life is abuse this sucks you know <laughs> and so it really was poignant music and and the music itself was well written and you know so good mm -hmm. but uh yeah dino i moved across the street and i mean across the street from dino when i was four mm -hmm. and uh hanging out with him it made me you know recall things because I, you know, at four and five, I could look out our window and Dino and his brother Brian would be playing, but my parents wouldn't let me go outside and play yet. Right. You know, they're like, he's too young. And so, but I saw him. And then I guess fast forward to, I was probably about six. Mm -hmm. And I remember it was the first time I got to go outside. Mm. And I go outside and we had a bunch of kids that lived on the street. And uh, so what, three, four houses down was Corey and Jeff. And uh, I walked down there and there's Corey and Jeff and Dino and Brian and some other people, some other kids. And I kind of walked up like, hey, guys, <laughs> my name, hi, I'm Jason, you know. And Dino's like, oh, I'm Dino. 
we're playing a game. You want to play? And I'm like, sure. What are you playing? He goes, we're playing a game called Statue Maker, <laughs> which to this day, I'm not sure if it was a real game or not. <laughs> I st- <laughs> I've never heard any other kid yeah, say pro- that they probably played. Some, probably some game. Yeah. Well, knowing Dino, I, he could have just made it up on the yeah, spot. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But uh, he's like, we're playing this game, Statue Maker. You, you know? And I'm like, what is it? And he's like, well, you gotta, I'll, make, I'll be a statue, and then you have to figure out what I am. And I'm like, okay. And he goes like this. <laughs> what am I? And I'm like... Uh, I, I don't know. And he goes, I'm a boxing kangaroo. Boom. And, and he punched me in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, he punched me in my mouth and knocked out a tooth. Like, I had a loose tooth. He knocked it out. So I'm bleeding. Oh I'm crying. Ah! And I go home and I'm crying. I was like, what happened? I'm like, this kid, Dino, just punched me in the mouth. <laughs> You're a stupid dumbass. And uh, so my mom took me and went and talked to Dino's mom, Cece, and she gave him a tongue lashing for sure. Mm -hmm. But it's funny because when I've told you this story, I'm like, how could it be that we wouldn't become best friends, (laughs) you know, from an intro like that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, he was was always like, even as a young kid, he was really inspirational to me because uh, he was just kind of a wild child. And, you know, kind of had his own will and wouldn't listen to his parents. I remember one time his mom, I can't remember what he did, but they had a station wagon, mm-hmm. wood panels on the side, <laughs> the 70s. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, She he did something and his mom was pissed off. So she came out with a wooden spoon. Oh, God. Get over here. And he's like, uh-uh. <laughs> and she's like boy get over here and she starts going towards him so he starts so they start she starts chasing him around the station wagon and he's like no <laughs> and me I, and I'm, i was there for that i'm standing there like what the hell is going on because if my dad said get over here boy i did it like yeah. i was under the thumb of my my dad and so that just blew me away that he was so willful you know yeah and uh yeah, it was it was very interesting growing up, and then you know we went to school together, uh, like uh, we we were in uh, junior high together, and then went on to high school, Irvine High School. No, 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 I went to Irvine High School. As a matter of fact, grade school he went to. God, I can't think of the name. I think it was called Basics Plus, and it was right next to the junior high school, Sierra Vista. Okay, and I went to Green Tree Elementary. Mm-hmm. And then from when I went into fourth grade, I went on to El Camino Real, which was a all year round school, which means, you know, it's not traditional where you get Chris, you know, that you get summer vacation like that. They'd break it up. I think it was probably more uh, something that made it easier on pa- the parents. Yeah. You know, because they're working and stuff like that. But so grade school, I went to a different school and then. Junior high, we went to junior high together. Mm -hmm. And that's where and when Mm -hmm. I actually, again, was there to witness Dino just getting super, he was just fascinated with with band, like not just one person making music, but a band making music. And so there's the band room in junior high school. And he kind of talks about that during the interview. And uh, 
so and 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 he, I just saw him this fascination grow with the drums uh and him playing drums and uh so we went to junior high and then high school I went to Irvine High and he went to university high mm -hmm. um and again it's weird because we lived across the street but and uh but during that time you know we were just growing up and and being friends and by the time I was 18 I think I met your mother <laughs> And we were kind of, at that point, we were kind of wiling out as kids. We mm. were, um, gang culture had gotten kind of big. Mm, okay. In Southern, well, obviously in, in South Central, but we weren't from South Central. We weren't from Los Angeles. But the whole gang thing started kind of spreading. Yeah. And initially, we were kind of part of this, uh, wasn't even a gang, but it was, it was like a tagging crew. It was called okay. uh, LSBS, which <laughs> stood for... Los Suicidos Bomb Squad. <laughs> and at that time, we were like listening to Suicidal Tendencies. Uh, yeah, and and yeah. We, we started, you know, identifying as Sueys. This is mm. what we call it. Okay. Sueys, Suicidals. And um, <clears throat> from that, we would, we just, a group of kids, and it was always kind of the bad kids. <laughs> they kind of <laughs> organized, and then we just became LSL, Los Suicidos Locos. Okay. And uh, we would go to parties and always get into fights and get kicked out. And then they, but yeah, we were doing that. And then I, I, I remember it was it was kind of sketchy uh, doing that. Going to some parties, there would be like Nazi skinheads yeah. there and yeah. other gangs there. And it was it was it was yeah. You're a kid, so you're doing it anyways. But even back then, I knew it was it was kind of dangerous. You know, at that time, again, it was kind of getting scary, the gangs and stuff. And I met your mom. And at that point, I was like, I kind of wanted to get out of it. Sure. And I did by dating your mom. I spent a bunch of time uh, with her. I remember all my homeboys would be like, oh, man, you're pussy whipped. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I'd rather be pussy whipped than, you know, hanging in gang environments, you know. So then we got married. And then I didn't see him for, I think it was probably like five or six years. Yeah. By this time, I'm living in San Jose, California, and Dystopia has formed. Um, I actually went to this show at the, was it the Crocodile or something like that, this little club downtown. And I walked up, and I, I see the Dystopia van, which was his... Dino's father's uh, cargo van, okay. gray Ram. And uh, I walk up and the side windows were kind of darkened. So I kind of walked up and I like looked around and I didn't see him. And all of a sudden the doors flew open and Dino comes flying out, hugged me, <laughs> you know, and we hadn't seen each other for a long time. And by this time he was living in Oakland. And I think it was 97. And so I started at that point traveling up to Oakland um, and, uh, I was there for, to watch dystopia happen mm -hmm. and, uh, go to some of those shows that you, you, I took you to. Yeah. Yeah. And to this day, people that went to those shows almost, you know, unanimously, anyone that was at those shows at Gilman or at shows, you know, throughout the United States and Europe when they were doing touring, um, people will always say I was the best fucking shows i've ever been to it's so much energy <laughs> yeah the, the crowds singing every word mm -hmm. and just this 
writhing mass of people, <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah, it was it was interesting. And then from there on, we've we've just continued to grow up, and uh, our friendship has gotten deeper and deeper as time's gone on. You know, I definitely don't. Uh, I don't take it for granted that I have a friend like him. Um, I, right. know, I know so many people that don't have someone that they've known almost their whole life. Yeah, yeah, that's a very rare thing. Like, especially just speaking from my experience, like a good amount of the friends that I had that were good friends, I'm I'm not really friends with anymore. Yeah, I haven't talked to them for years. Yeah, so to have a friend that you got to know from a very young age and then you're still tight to this day that's a very that that's a special privilege i think some people don't or a good amount of people don't have yeah no so. it's 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 very special and the interesting thing is like i said i was always very inspired by him by his willfulness and by him going no this is the life i want to live right this is what i want to do mm -hmm. and uh you know, I, I didn't think that way for a long time. I was more kind of the kid where my, my dad's like, this is what I want you to do. Yeah. This is who I want you to be. And I kind of tried to toe that line. And it wasn't until later in my life that I really was like, you know what I want to do? I want to do art. <laughs> I want to be an artist. And even, yeah. even when we were kids, it was kind of, there was this separation. Like Dino was the musician. And he, I remember one time he told me that look, I'm the musician and you're the artist. <laughs> and I didn't even consider myself as an artist, but I drew all the time. Yeah. It was and to him. It was obvious that that was the thing that yeah. I was really interested in. Mm -hmm. And, um, as a matter of fact, one of my defining moments with Dino and I'm going to be, this is going to be my last little story before we get into the, uh, interview. But, uh, God, I, I want to say I was like 17. My parents were adding on to the, our house. So we moved into an apartment over by kind of by my high school. And uh, I had this killer 57 oval window Volkswagen bug mm -hmm. that I'd put together. And one day we got some acid. <laughs> and Dino's like, dude, let's take some acid and we'll go into your house that's being worked on. And because my, my dad had this badass stereo. Yeah. And he's like, let's play, you know, let's listen to music and, and trip on acid. <laughs> and so we went there and the thing wouldn't, everything would light up, but it no sound would come out. So finally I checked the fuse in one of the back of the speakers yeah. and it, it had blown out. Uh. So I was like, and these are ki kids. So I'm like, well, let's go to where my bug is. Yeah. And I have, a, I have a fuse I can pull out of that. So we walked all the way. We had taken the acid. We walked all the way, got the fuse. As we're walking back, we're like peeking, you know. You're a stupid dumbass. <laughs> yeah, dude. And uh, <laughs> then we got back and uh, put the thing in. Everything lit up. And Dino goes, all right, the first band I'm going to play for you is this band, Death. And the song is scream bloody gore <laughs> and and he starts playing me this really i mean he was getting into just more and more extreme bands at the time uh because he was so interested in music yeah and you know i actually i was listening to uh i think it was like death uh individual thought patterns and i was listening to it and i'm like i gotta i gotta just 
you know, give you a little playlist of some stuff. Cause sure. that, it's just the music and the musicianship is just amazing. So, but we did acid and we had one of our deepest, most meaningful conversations. And it was about what we wanted to do with our lives. Mm, okay. And so I remember him asking me questions <laughs> like, well, you know, you're Jehovah's witness and do you want to do that? Like, right. Don't you, you know, and I'm like, and my dad doesn't want me to be an artist. Well, do what you want to do, man. It's about what you want to do. It's your life. I mean, he said, yeah. so, and again, we're teenagers. It's good advice though. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, you know, again, Dino is my oldest and dearest friend. I love him so much. And um, anyways, with that, we're going yeah, to give you the interview for his uh, birthday, his 51st birthday. And I know there's tons of fans of Dystopia out there, so I hope you guys give it a listen and uh, be sure to comment on it. Yeah, this know. is this is going to be a special video because yeah. I want to say the last interview, because I was actually, again, doing research for this just to kind of see you know just to gather some stuff so i can tag things and all that kind of stuff uh more properly for seo and i think the last interview they did was like in fucking what ireland or something like that or mm. somewhere like it uh for nuth crush like they got yeah. interviewed and it was like in 2011 or some shit yeah so it's been a while yeah so but yeah this is gonna be a treat so anyways without further ado here is the interview with dino samisi of dystopia mm -hmm. boom boom <laughs> All right, let's just cut the chase. Okay. I like that. <laughs> so, <clears throat> we have a long history together. We've known each other for a long time. And, you know, you're, you've been incredibly influential on me as a friend. Because okay. we're both artistic types. Yeah. Um, and luckily, I was around you. I want to say it was, like, junior high school. I remember you, like, going in the band room. There's this Asian kid that was playing drums. And I think we, we like went to a, in the auditorium kind of thing. And there was this kid that played the drums. Yeah. And I remember you being kind of fascinated with it, but. Yeah, he did a drum solo. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. The fucking best. He actually got a, he had a, he had a cymbal with like little, like, uh, not screws, but nuts. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it would shimmer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But what was it that when, and what happened where you're just like, I'm fascinated by this instrument? By drums? Yeah. Uh, so when I was a kid, uh, I was listening to a lot of music. I got into a band called Crass. They were like uh, paramilitary, <coughs> excuse me, paramilitary beats. And so I told my dad, I want to play drums. And he's like, that's not an instrument. And I'm like, okay. So... I got my a paper plate, my waste paper basket. I cut dryers, ice cream drums, and made my my set. And then I was on my knees and I would play along to crass and rem memorize like all the lyrics. Mm. Like I memorized every lyric to Feeding the Five Thousand. And I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to. I, I fucking love drums. I also love lyrics. Like I like I, I all the punk rock bands I was into. I, I gravitated towards lyrics, so I was like, well, you know, I kind of want to do this. So my dad finally goes, okay, you can get into drum class. So I get a, a, a practice pad, drumsticks, and learn the rudiments. And uh, they had this, it was like a, in seventh grade, there was like this, this thing where you could go try out for and go 
play a concert for a bunch of people. And I wanted to do a snare. And the dude was like, you suck. Like, the fucking teacher was like, you suck at, you suck at drums. Like, you're a terrible drummer. You have no time. You're terrible. He's like, so you can play the cymbals. So my whole remembrance of the concert was me hitting these cymbals like like uh, uh, the monkey, you know, with yeah, cymbals, yeah. like three times. And I'm like, oh, I think I did them on time. Like, I don't know. She <laughs> was fucking sifting me shit out. I have no idea. Um, tried out for a couple bands that I really liked that um, told me I sucked. <laughs> and I ended up hooking up with some people that um, that I, I didn't think I would hook up with. Uh, it was through a band magazine. Like, it was like, remember back then, a band, like, you put, you put, like, things like, a drummer looking for a band, or a guitar player looking for a band. And so I put in my name, and that's where I met Scott and Kevin and Josh. Carcinogen. Well, it was before Carcinogen. They had a different name. I don't remember what their name was, but they're all wearing, like, you know, it, it, it really was, I, I just want to play drums. So I'm like, I don't give a fuck who I play with. I, don't, I really don't care. So then I started giving them tapes and CDs saying like, hey, check out this band, check out this band, check out. So they got into Bolt Thrower and Grave and that kind of shit. And so we started Death Metal Band. Hmm. And then later on I got into Dystopia. But the, the weird thing is that I, I, I really wanted to play drums. Uh, and I think that's why I play drums, because I want to. Whereas there's a lot of people who get a lot of lessons and they're like coached and taught and and they just don't give a shit about it. So I have a passion for it. So I guess that's how I would say I started. Just I had a passion for it. And I started like when I got my first drum set, I didn't know what to do because I was on my knees playing on dryers, ice cream drums and everything else. And it's like I had to learn what a bass pedal was. It was D'Ancio gave me his drum set. Uh, not Tom D'Ancio, not Joe D'Ancio, but the little one. Phil? Phil D'Ancio gave yeah. me his drum set. Okay. And that's where I learned to play drums. Huh. Okay, second question. We're going to fast forward a little bit. All right. You do Carcinogen. Right. And then you end up somehow, some way, meeting Mouse and Todd. And I met Mouse from skateboarding and being in punk bands and at shows. And uh, when... When we moved into Sugar Studios, which was like a, it's like a, uh, uh, by the hour fucking storage place, they were like, "Yeah, you can practice here." So we started practicing there. Uh, Mind Drop started practicing there. Phobia started practicing there. Um, Confrontation started practicing there. And that's when I met Todd. Now Dystopia was a band before I was in it, but it wasn't called Dystopia. I think it was called like satanic death or something <laughs> fucking stupid like that they, they were just playing a, a one-time show and it, and it was a riot it was out of control whatever so uh me mouse and todd started playing together while carcinogen was was doing our thing and um yeah uh todd ended up saying hey you know i really want to do more with this mouse was like uh, i don't want to do like my drive started becoming a bigger band so mouse was like you know I kind of don't want to go this route. I'd rather do a more DIY route. So um, we ended up uh, breaking from our bands. Carcinogen, Scott got really sick. Um, 
he his kidneys failed so he was on dialysis so he couldn't practice and things got really weird with us so i started doing more with mouse and todd and then uh we came up with a record and some guy from europe was like dude people in the united states did not like us like we didn't we did not like people were like you know you're not this you're not that we don't know what the hell you are really what are you tagging about all this sucks and we're like okay fine so there was a guy in Europe who was like, hey, man, I fucking like you guys. So we flew out to Germany and did our first tour in Europe in 1994. And then we came back. And at that time, uh, you know, Scott died uh, from his, his kidney problems. So I was like, well, I'm just going to do the dystopia thing. And we did a bunch of other European tours, and then apparently we started being able to do U.S. tours. Uh, they were regrettably horrible. At the same time, they are great. Like, you know, when you're sleeping underneath a running van in the winter and it's snowing outside <laughs> because you need to get just a couple hours of sleep so you can drive another 24 hours, yeah. that shit sucks. We had Thomas guides. We didn't have cell phones. So it was like, no, no, none of that shit. So like you show up in the town and you call the promoter and if he doesn't answer, you're driving around for hours. So it was, it was a different time. It was a lot harder to tour. Um, but it, it made me, you know, I'm as, as far as dystopia goes and as, as far as the kind of music I play, it's about connections with people rather than what you're doing it's like what you're doing is connected to a whole other experience you know so that's what was important so you know i'm having people come up to me going dude i want to kill myself but i heard your band and i know there's other people like me blah blah, blah. so it's like this like we were almost like therapy for like our generation scene. Yeah, for our yeah, scene yeah, yeah, yeah. because everyone wants to change the world and do all this shit it's like dude you can't do any of that unless you know who you are yeah you know and it's it's uh at the same time i'm learning who i am you know so that's like we had a lot to learn from each other and uh i was taught lessons and i taught lessons so yeah it was a good time um but yeah, dystopia, it was something that, uh, you know, when you got three people that are having the worst, worst lives ever, and to be able to make a soundtrack <laughs> for how shitty things are, you know, we were just emoting. Mm -hmm. We were called little bitches, fuck, dude, you name it. And I'm like, dude, all I care about is my friends, so... I was like, as long as me and Mouse and Todd can keep each other alive, that's all I care about. We were, we were all fucked up. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, whatever. Anyway, well, you, I don't know. You, uh, that band Dystopia eventually got a, a, a lot of recognition. To this day, it actually gets a lot of recognition for what you did and the content you put out and how it connected with people. Did you... Was was it intentional? That no, no, <laughs> this was intentional. I, I, I call so it organic. I, I call shit twenty years ago that I didn't think it was gonna happen to 
day. But I did think it was going to happen. Like, uh, eventually, Mother Nature's going to be like, fuck you. Fuck you. Like, it's, like you kicked me in the cunt for so fucking long, I'm fucking done. Yeah. That's what Mother Nature's going to come at you. And it happened with the Black Plague, which, wearing my Black Plague shirt. <laughs> um, not, not only with the Black Plague, Spanish Flu... The, the birds, the, the fucking uh, the man, cow disease. Yeah. I mean, dude, you name it. It's like people, there's just too many of us. And Mother Nature's done. And I'm okay with it. I'm fine with it. In fact, I applaud COVID. 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 <laughs> I, I, I applaud COVID. I'm, I, I know, I, I'm sorry if someone you know has died from it, but this is where we're at. This is us. No, fucking rabbits didn't cause this. Yeah. You know? Like, the chickens didn't do this. Yeah. This is us. So, it's like, when when Dystopia was a band, I was just... I was talking about things that people just didn't talk about. Like, no one wanted to talk about, hey, the fact of the matter is, I got a friend that played with a gun and shot his brother. Killed him. Remember Mike DeGroote? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mike DeGroote killed his fucking dad. That was a block away from us. Yeah. So it's like, I remember all uh, and the other guy, the guy from remember down the street, the guy was handing a rifle up, yeah, the the year, and he shot himself yeah. in the fucking face yeah. and yeah, died. Okay, so I'm t- I'm talking about that shit. It's like, it's the curiosity curiosity kills a cat, right? So it's the same thing with like when it comes to drugs or it comes to everything else. But it, there's another thing that's in play that no one talks about, which is the the, the mental ego and the, the way people. Uh, Okay, I'm schizophrenic and bipolar, right? I, ne- I never really knew it, but I kind of knew there was something wrong with me. I was doing weird shit. I was, you know, I thought I was going to be a serial killer, right? So I ended up on a path to where I went from doing horrible shit and thinking about horrible shit. Like, I remember your brother walked over to me. He was like, here's a dead snake, you know? I killed it and gutted it for you. I'm like, dude, you can clean it out. It's going to fucking rot on my, in my backyard. Like, what the fuck? He's like, well, what, are you mad at me? It's, it's almost like a small animal bringing another bigger animal a thing. And I'm like, so, yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? So I'm like, okay, so it was all about control, right? Everyone wants to have control. That's why people kill other things. That's why people do fucked up shit. That's why people fucking treat their girlfriends like shit. It's a control thing. Even the punks are like, I don't believe you should ever fucking treat a woman unlike a man. And they're like, hey, I'm going to the pit, bitch. Hold my jacket. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. It's, 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 there's this thing that happens. And you, you see it happening, but it's, it's hard to write about. And when you write about it and when you say something about it, no one wants to talk about child abuse. No one wants to talk about, like, like thinking that you want to kill yourself and other people. No one wants to talk about that. Yeah. So we entered some shit into a discussion. That's it. You know? So we, and, you know, the last song I wrote, which was Heather, when uh, when we, we got together, I was writing a song and I wanted to call it My Meds Won't Working. Because I'm like, you know, I'm, I still feel the same way. I still feel like I'm a failure. I fucking hate myself. I look in the mirror, I see that shit. And it sucks. 
And I don't want to feel that way. And everyone else is like, you don't have to feel that way because you've done all this. Like, it doesn't matter. It's just the way I feel. And to get that feeling out of you is probably not going to happen. But to be able to work through that feeling can totally happen. And so that's all I did was I worked through, and me and Mouse and Todd as well, worked through our feelings. And... It, it it wasn't the easiest thing. That's why everyone's like, hey, are you guys ever going to get back together? It's like, dude, no, that shit was horrible. It was the worst part of our lives. Yeah. It's like, I can't go back to that. It's going to trigger so much shit. Yeah. I got enough problems. Well, okay, so I guess my last kind of thing after... I guess my question is... <clears throat> Because the way I look at it is, there's a lot of artists, musicians. I know you hate being called a musician. I hate being called an artist. An artist. Because I am a musician. Because okay. I cannot be an artist by myself. I have to have other people. And I, I, I want those other people around me to be able to inspire me to create. So, yeah, I'm a musician. I have okay. never been an artist. I would love to be an artist, but it's just not even close. Well, then, so, because I've actually been around you when we've been going to a show and, like, young guys came up to you and they were like, dude, so inspired, da-da-da-da-da. So there's a lot of people out there that want to kind of be creative want to either be artists or musicians or be in bands or whatever. What after, because you, although you're not rich and famous, neither am I. <laughs> neither neither okay. am I. I'm not rich or famous. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> but I look at a lot of people that choose to actually walk a, a different path, like a, a, yeah. as a creative that, Especially if you put in, you, sur you, sur you survive the it. The path is important. Yeah, you survive it and you go through right, it. Right, And if you do survive it and you're like, I've been doing this for 25 years or whatever, I always look at that as like success. Yeah. No, no matter what you have to go through, because you're actually living the lifestyle of being a musician or an artist. <laughs> but there is no lifestyle. Dude, I work at a warehouse on a forklift, right? Yeah. I come home every night and I deal with this fuckhead. And I have to deal with the other fuckhead meowing at me. And my girlfriend is like, hey, what's up, dude? I'm like, I'm fucking I'm just pissed off because I'm getting home from work. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, what lifestyle? Okay, so now... I play music on the weekends, but it's like, yeah, I'm not going out on tour. There's right. Nothing. And, and do I want to? Probably Probably no. no. Well, you're 51. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm old. Happy birthday. I get that. Happy birthday, yeah. by the way. <laughs> I'll give you that. Look, man. Seriously. What would you... What would you... I... Look. Look. Here's the deal. Number one. If anyone asked this to open to come back, I'd say fuck you. Okay. And and they're going to say why. And I'm going to say because I don't want the cash grab. Okay. I don't want it. Yeah. I don't give a fuck about that. Yeah. And the thing is, it's like... Not only is there that, but there's all the other weird shit that never happened in our generation, right? In our generation, we had Flipside Magazine, right? And you go to the store and you look mm -hmm. up and you'd see fucking uh, uh, notes from the underground. And you'd be like, oh, what does fucking Pusshead say we should listen to? Right, Who are right. misfits? Who are they? And you just like go out and buy shit. Yeah, yeah. Right? Very different time. Yeah. Yeah. 
now it's like, well, they weren't as good as they used to be. I saw them back in 96. You're like, dude, I don't want to fucking listen to that bullshit. I know I'm not trying to impress anybody. I don't give a fuck about anybody. Sorry. I don't give a fuck about you. Sorry. <laughs> but don't give a fuck about me. It doesn't matter. It's a bigger thing. Punk rock is a bigger fucking thing. And all I want to do was give my contribution to punk rock. I never fuck. I don't give a fuck about like, oh, you, you did this or that. I don't give a fuck. Give to punk rock. Fucking skate a half pipe. Listen to a fucking, to a, to a ghetto blaster. Listening to fucking the subhumans while I do a backside air. Yeah. That's how you want to feel. Yeah. That's punk. Yeah. That's living. Yeah. And I, I don't think people live the same way. And I, it's, it's kind of fucking bums me out. Cause that punk rock used to be analog. It used to be, I'm making a fucking scene. I'm cutting out all this shit from all these magazines and piecing them together. And then I'm going to go to the Photoshop place and fucking make some copies and I'm going to make a zine. And now it's like, I'm making a zine, but I'm piecing it together with this fucking program I got called fucking blah, blah, blah. I just scan all my shit in. It's like, it's not the same. Yeah. Yeah. It's something lost. It's not the same. And, and the thing is, it's like, I'm not talking shit on the people that do that. That's fine. You want to do that? Fine. I found my calling in more of an analog environment. From from riding my fucking big wheel off of Sean Wallentine's roof <laughs> to to you know to uh, shooting tennis ball cannons out the end of the street and the people catching it, throwing fucking darts up in the the air and landing in people's heads, lighting the orange groves on fire on accident, getting shot in the ass by that's all by the shot the assault <laughs> rifle. Remember, I got shot in the ass with the assault rifle. Okay, with all that, yeah. that's called living. So, what would be? I just want to live, man. What and would, I've done it. Okay, so I've my done it. my last question would be, and maybe it's an easy one to, for you to answer. Maybe it's a hard one for you to say. I don't know. What would be any advice, like? I, I implore you, tell tell me the greatest wisdom you've learned. <laughs> that's not uh, yeah, yeah. First of all, that's unfair. <laughs> that is completely unfair. What, 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 okay, what, what advice would you give to... And every artist that's on their path, they go through a different thing, but all right. we all go through the path. All right. What would be your advice? Never go into a bathroom at a Catholic church. <laughs> don't, don't do that. <laughs> it's going to end up bad for you. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know I think about it for a second. What would if you if if, if you uh, wine had wine? Well, yeah, I want wine. <laughs> we need wine. Heather, wine. Can I interject some? Sure, questions? sure, sure. You want to interject? Well, I've had a few things That's in my good. brain listening to this. Let me pass it on. Right, thank you. I I would say think about you tell me all the time, uh, like when you and Mouse met, you would go to his house. Tell, talk about that. Like that's what people should be doing. Everything covered on this table. God, it was a mess. Know? I mean, mm. <laughs> talk about that. Well, I remember. I remember. I I was there for a lot of stuff. I remember going to the to the uh, the warehouse or not the warehouse, the compound. Yeah. Going in, and so you walk through the kitchens over here, yeah. and then you make a left into your. To like, because you had those two doors. To yeah, your yeah, yeah. And there was like a little closet 
And I remember Mouse, like, by hand, putting the, the you know, the, the, the pieces of the CD together. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Stamping and just, like, yeah. all the work yeah, that yeah. you guys did. You were, like, so dead. What was, I mean, that's kind we of. We did everything you I were y And you were, you were a lot younger. And we I, had way more energy. <laughs> yeah, of course. Way more nervous energy. But it was in my 20s. Yeah. That's what I was talking about. So, like, you no. told me when you met Mouse, you'd go to his house. When he well, I mean, that's the thing. What possessed you to do all of that shit by yourself, DIY? You know what? And spend your own money. Say, I'm going to say Mouse. Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm going to say Mouse. working on his zine. Dude, Mouse, his okay, so when, when, when I went to go to that, when I went to Mouse's house, first time. I walked in his house, and his mom and dad greeted me. His dad was just watching TV. That's kind of just what he did. His mom was like, hey, Dino, how are you doing? Oh, I want something to drink. Oh, so I go upstairs. And in his room, it's like fucking, okay, uh, National Geographic's 500 of them just fucking stacked up in a corner. Like all this shit all over the place. All these cutouts, everything. It, it, it was... <clears throat> It, it looked like a crime scene. Like, if you're trying to figure out, like, who got murdered. Like, mm -hmm. it looked like that. And then there's, like, coffee. Uh, every time you put down his coffee cup, you leave a ring. So yeah. there was all these coffee rings all over the coffee place. Like, all over his... his uh, like, cut out. His, his, all, yeah. all, like, all over where he was cutting everything out. And I was like, dude, what the fuck? So we started... Remember those bumper stickers? Are called uh, drug abuse is life abuse. Yeah, yeah. So he took that, cut it up, and made it into life is abuse. And that's how the label started. That That's what his zine was. He had two magazines. I have them here. Mm. He has two of those magazines they made. And I was like, dude, you fucking... I mean, that's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. So when I started playing music with him and Todd, I was like, dude... I want to be in, like, because Todd was the lead bass player. Todd wrote all the riffs. Todd would write the riffs. Mouse would write counter riffs. I would write the drums. So it became that where Todd was, like, the ringleader. And Mouse was the artwork and the samples and all that shit and guitar. And I was doing the drums and vocals. So it became this thing where I'm like, these guys are fucking really talented. Like, extremely talented. Like, on an autistic level. And I was like, I just want to fucking play music with them. Over time, things got weird. Things changed. You know, Todd hurt his arm. Me and Mouse moved up here. Todd didn't want to move up here. We had to try to get him back and forth. Things got fucking weird, right? So, but that's life, you know? Mm -hmm. And... You know, but that was way later. Like, way later. That was the end. Like, yeah, for 10 years, we were, like, on. Yeah. Dude, even the other day, uh, a friend of mine went to a fucking show to go see the the Adolescence, which is the Adolescence, you know, mm -hmm. uh, at uh, Casey Royer and the guy who played... Uh, Rick Agnew. Rick Agnew, mm -hmm. the guy who played in, in, in like, Christian Death and fucking Adolescence. <laughs> and he was wearing a, a dystopia shirt. And Rick Agnew walked up to him and was like, dude, that's the best man that ever came out of OC. For Rick Agnew to say that shit, I was like, you gotta be kidding me. 
Yeah. But you said they used to go see you guys jam. Yeah. Well, Rick Agnew used to come over. Rick you, didn't really, you didn't really know who he was. No. Or... Well, I did, but I didn't really figure it out because I was in fan practice. You right. Know what I mean, it's like El Duce was coming yeah. in to see us and going, yeah. hey, man, I used to play drums and sing. And it's like, yeah, I know you're El Duce. <laughs> you're from the Mentors. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but he died on some railroad tracks. Yeah. Horrible. <laughs> anyway. I mean, I I have been surrounded by incredibly, um, like, autistic people that are like, they're too smart for their own good, but at the same time, they're not as smart as other people would consider smarts. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, it's like, you know, so... We look down on ourselves, and we'd always be like, oh, we go to Europe, and we'd be like, like, before we play a show, we'd be like, yeah, we're dystopia, we suck. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, don't fucking say that. The it's microphone? Like, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, but that's, that's how we felt. Last we did, question. We did things how we felt. Last question. Would you change anything? No. No. You know, <laughs> I couldn't imagine doing dystopia now, ever. It's like, what are we going to talk about? What else am I going to talk about? Yeah. I talked about everything. I already put everything out there. Yeah. What do you want me to say? Do you want to talk about my suicidal feelings again? Because I feel those all the time. Yeah. I guess I could tell you. Yeah. My girlfriend gets sick of hearing it. <laughs> so it's like, fuck. I just... Yeah. You know... I did music because music was it. And I'm still doing music. Yeah. Because music is in me. But I don't give a fuck what I get out of it. Mm. What I tell people, it's cheaper than therapy. <laughs> and that's what it is. I'm working out my demons. I got to keep my treadmill, man. And it's like, <laughs> I got to keep them running. Yeah. <laughs> if they stop running, I'm doomed. So it's like, you know, I just, I just, I used to believe in the elixir stuff. I, I used to believe that you could like fucking just make gold out of something, right? Yeah. And it didn't have to be the fucking actual alchemy formula. It could be the metaphoric, like, I'm going to make gold out of my life, right? Yeah. And it's like, you know, I, I, I don't give a shit about gold. I never wore gold. Ever in my life. I wore silver. I wore shit that people like actually weave together for me. Like here, here's, here's fucking, here's something for you. And those were talismans. They were things that were given to me that meant something. It meant something more than gold. You know what I mean? So dystopia is almost, and carcinogen. And, and, and I'm not saying just me, but hopefully everybody within those mm -hmm. those 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 circles that they understand that that's a talisman that is something that you have created to where somebody's going to use that to make themselves better and that matters a lot because i can't do anything to like i, I i'm not a therapist i'm not a fucking you know i'm not a guru i can't fucking you know there's nothing i can do uh, but I know a lot of people, um, I've been blessed with a lot of people in my life that have been 
very smart and challenged me on uh, intellectual and ethereal uh, planes, you as well. So, you know, I, uh, I just, I just, uh, I just want people to understand that, that your, your energy is going to create other energy and you can pass it and you can do whatever you want, but you just trying to snuff it out because sometimes that energy needs to build. And sometimes you don't know if it's like, if it's something you want to build on, you know, it's like that guy who's like, yeah, no, I'm a fucking uh, microbiologist, but you know, I was really thinking about doing like Reiki. <laughs> and it's like, well, you should stick with your microbiologist job. It's like, yeah, but you know, honestly, I think I'm pretty good at Reiki. And if he could actually like help people like fucking get out of their fucking gnarly negative shit, it's like he just took fucking six, eight years of school and it didn't mean shit compared to what he wanted to do and then what he felt that he could do better. You know, I'm not saying I believe in Reiki, but <laughs> all I'm saying is I'm like, if that guy seriously, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, look, sometimes you know what's in you and you know what you need to like fuel and if you're afraid to fuel that and you're afraid to fail then i don't understand what living's for if you just want to be like like oh i just want to do something where nothing's gonna go wrong it's like well that's not really living yeah it's like it's easy to live for a long time but to really live it's hard to fucking do it's the worst actually and it's more trials and tribulations than it is fucking happiness. But for some reason, I find that worth it. Well, I'm going to shut us down at this point. Uh, First of all, I want to say, dude, <laughs> thank you for doing this interview for me. Yeah, yeah. You're my oldest and dearest friend. I know. As crazy as you are, I love the <laughs> shit out of you. I love you too. Happy birthday. Uh, thank you. Into many more years. Thanks for the tattoo, man. Yeah, you're welcome. That shit hurts. <laughs> All right, and then we're back. So, yeah, that was the interview. Um, very, very good interview, I, I would say. Definitely some things that because because I was always uh, curious about because I because I, I met him back like years ago. Yeah, you were a, you were like kid. nine or ten, but I didn't yeah. I didn't really get to know the guy. Yeah, the the, the same you know the same way you knew him so to kind of listen through that inter interview like it was very fascinating yeah i remember know? when i brought it i brought you know gave you the sd card and the next day i was like hey did you watch that footage and he's like yeah i watched it and then i'm like that that's dino like that's my yeah, friend yeah. dino he's an interesting character as a matter of fact and this is funny you'll probably get pissed at me for saying this but uh, when I first moved to Oakland, you know, Dino was kind of talking, yeah, this guy, Jason Jennings, because that's my given name. And uh, <clears throat> I met some people. I remember I met Chio from the band Noothgrush. And she's like, oh, you're Jason. And Chio, I love Chio. She, everyone <laughs> loves Chio. She's so cool. And uh, she goes, oh, you're so you're Jason. Oh, cool. Nice to meet you. And then she leaned in kind of conspiratorially, and she goes, has Dino always been like that? <laughs> and I said, yep. 
Yeah, yeah. He's he's a a, a singular person. Get, you know, he's like everyone. He's got his faults, but you know what? I love him so much because he's real. You know, he is he is who he is, and he makes really not too many. He doesn't apologize for it. Sure. You know, he he's like this is me, and you know, and that's the interesting thing about him because. He's almost one of those people where, and, and I know a lot of people like this, where, again, punk rockers, metalers, you know, metalheads, whatever, you know, I always looked at, like, the gear I would wear, the band shirts, wearing bullet belts and spike belts right. and stuff like that. Yeah. It was really, you know, it was kind of fringe being like that, yeah. you know? in in today's world so back in the day you know you'd walk around like that all in black and leather jackets and stuff and people whoa right, that yeah. guy's scary <laughs> and and it was kind of like yeah stay away mm -hmm. stay away you have to get past what i look like and get to know me yeah and once you do you're gonna love me mm -hmm. but i'm not just gonna be your friend just because i actually kind of have this this armor on yeah and dino is definitely kind of like that you have to be able to take his jokes you have to be able to let stuff roll off your shoulders which you know in today's age that is almost a lost art everyone's so very very a lot more sensitive sensitive and again yeah. back then we were we were we were artists yeah we were sensitive as fuck yeah yeah you know <laughs> I'm a fucking artist. I'm sensitive as shit. Yeah. So yeah, we you know we're everyone's emotional being. Yeah. But um, yeah, today's it's a group it's, of young people yeah. are, are you know they seem to revel in being who's the biggest victim and you know and and just very very soft and uh, as people. Yeah. And um, it's it's you know you had to be you had to be able to break balls as it was right. you know the east coast it's always about breaking breaking yeah. the balls yeah in fact there was one part of that inter interview uh with dino that stuck out to me because uh i can't remember everything he said but he's he was talking about his experiences and his dealing with his mental issues and stuff like that and he was like you know you don't really get over that shit mm -hmm. but you do learn how to deal with it mm-hmm and I thought that was true because that's because what makes you stronger because, you know, even just with my shit or your shit, like, you know, especially just even like me recently dealing with my familial issues. That's all I'll say about that. Um, you know, yeah, it's like I I haven't gotten over it or I haven't, um, you know, I it's not like you just you just take it out of your head and you just throw it in the recycle bin. And that's it. No, it's still in, in there. It's still a part of you that you have to deal with. Mm -hmm. But eventually, you have to learn how to go. It is what it is. And I can't let this rule me emotionally. Yeah, I'll feel a certain way about it still. But I am I have to deal with that shit. And yeah, that is that is seemingly a lost art for some people. And, um, you know, especially it's like in life, man. It's like you're just going to have to deal with a bunch of shit. And uh, at the end of the day, you're either going to fucking... <laughs> you're either going to... You know, be a perpetual victim, and you know, you know, everything's out to get me, and all this kind of bullshit. And you know, you're just gonna stay a weak person, or you can learn to be like, no, fuck that bullshit. I'm not gonna be a victim. I'm going to get stronger. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think you know, and especially with just with me, it's like, 
you know, that was a very valuable thing for me, especially just to toughen up. Yeah. You know, yeah. Not not take things so personally. And I'd agree. Actually, one of the one of our past podcasts, uh, I said that, you know, you you learn the most from your mistakes. And as a yeah. as a caveat to that, you not only learn and grow from your hardships, but it definitely makes you a stronger person mm -hmm. when you have to deal with these things. And that's the great thing about being an artist, because yeah. I'll, I'll say this, if you're creative and you're ha going through hard times, you you use that. Yeah, it's it's energy. It's inspiration. You, you, yeah, you use that to to continue to grow as a creative, as an artist, whether you're in a band or you're, you know, by yourself writing poetry. It's it's you use that and it does make you into a better person because at, at the end of the day and Dino actually talked about this, you know, how do you how do you grow as an artist if you don't know yourself? And you the way you know yourself is comes down to how you deal with life. Yeah. You know, and so yeah, I I can't I'm I really want to go back down there in a couple months. Um, in the background, you might have heard uh, his wife Heather. They never mm -hmm. got married, married, but they're married couple, old married couple. And <laughs> basically, uh, <laughs> and uh, she after we finished, she's like, you know, because we just sit and tell stories mm. about growing up to each other. Do you remember that? Remember when da 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 da? And she's like, you know, you got to do a video like that. You got to do a video where you just turn the camera on you guys just sit and have some drinks and and talk about your experiences growing up together and i was like that would be really cool too yeah it'd be yeah. really cool too because it definitely give people some insight into what our relationship was like mm -hmm. but that being said again um it was a really killer weekend um being in seattle i was down there it was damn near 80 degrees <laughs> and sunny for four days it was wonderful yeah um but yeah uh I hope you guys all enjoyed that interview. Again, it has been a long time since Dino's actually been on camera yeah. or being recorded as far as you know, telling his stories and some of his insights into life. And uh, I hope you guys really enjoyed it. I did. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, I thought it was very, very insightful. Yeah. Very, very interesting. And with that, we're going to roll out, hopefully, because I really want to do this, uh, within the next couple of uh, episodes, we're actually going to be recording the podcast at an actual studio where podcasts are recorded. Yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, I wanted to do that, mix it up, and we're going to end up having some more uh, other creative people yeah. on as guests. Yeah, have more guests. That'll, that'll it's be so, really it's cool. such an inspiration to hear what's, what an artist or creative person has to get through to become that mm -hmm. you know and it's definitely because i think people tend to think it, it's easy and it's not no, it's not. not at all so again you guys i hope you enjoyed the interview with dino samisi my dear dear friend and uh this is the crook and candle podcast i'm trajan and i'm ozzy and and uh we'll see you next week yeah thanks for listening take it easy guys mm -hmm.